Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hi there, everyone. We are so excited to bring to the podcast uh, From Nothing to Profit, uh, someone who's a good friend of mine, and also um, I've actually done coaching with uh, her as well. And uh, this is Julia Woods, and we are so excited to hear from her. So, uh, Julia, welcome. Thanks, Kaya and Matt. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation with you guys. Yeah, yeah, super excited to have you on. So, Julia, your your one of your classes, like you did. Um, like a pre-con class was one of the first classes my wife ever attended um, at at imaging. So you were wow. you were the beginning. You were the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah, though, that was seems like not that long ago, but it was probably a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. So, um, okay, Kaya, go ahead, take over, jump in, because I know you and Julia talk, and so I would love for you to lead this, and I would just love, I'm going to sit back a little bit and just absorb and take notes. Oh, uh, I don't believe you, Matt. I know you're going to have great questions in just a minute. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So Julia, uh, I would love for you to just give our listeners a little bit of your story, like kind of before you became a photographer, your photographer years and what you're doing now. Wow. Okay. Do we have two hours? Let me do this as quickly as I can. So um, my story is my husband and I happened to fall into photography. We were a young married couple and uh, a photographer in our church came to us, asked if we ever had any interest in being wedding photographers. And we thought that was the coolest idea. And so the year our first child was born, we started our photography business. And really struggled to be profitable, didn't realize that's what the problem was. We thought our photography just wasn't good enough. And if our photography could get better, we could be profitable. Um, And it took me nine years to learn how to be profitable within the photography industry. And once I learned that, um, our business really skyrocketed and was, um, you know, extremely profitable and uh, an amazing journey of life that took us all around the world. And in that journey, the next thing that I didn't realize where I wasn't profitable was in my own soul and in my own um, following my own heart and learning to live from my inside rather than being um, a machine that tried to make everybody happy on the outside. And so that became the next journey. Once I learned how to be financially profitable, I then began to address the deficit within my own heart. And Gosh, you're making me cry already, Kaya. <laughs> I'm just telling my story. Um, and as I addressed that deficit, both in my own heart and in my marriage, I began to find resources about um, the gifts that were available in freedom and transformation that totally transformed my life, transformed my marriage, transformed my business. Um, I found out that I could be even more profitable working um, about a fourth of the amount of time, doing way everything that I loved. I was tons more profitable doing that financially. Um, and it gave me time to feed my heart and soul. So all that to say, I got to the point where I realized there was something else calling me beyond photography. And so I sold my photography business and my husband and I moved to California and I opened my coaching company to stand with other entrepreneurs, other creative um, entrepreneurs to learn how to live the life they long for at home and at work. 
And I've been doing that for six years and absolutely love watching people transform um, the different areas of their life that they want to be at a profit versus a deficit. Yeah, wow. that's really cool. I can't believe it's been six years that you've been doing that. It seems just like yesterday you moved to California. I know. Time flies. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, okay. So you do two types of coaching or I probably maybe more, but essentially like life coaching and then business coaching. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, basically individual mm-hmm. cup marriage or mm-hmm. business. So whichever of yeah. those three areas somebody wants to grow, that's where I work. Yeah. So um, since we're talking to a lot of photographers here on our podcast, uh, what and you're uh, when you're um, coaching people on photography, what are uh, what is something that you are fired up about in the industry? And it could be something that you're excited about or something that you, uh, you know, are fired up in the negative way. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> it, it would be great. <laughs> Well, I think we're living in a time, whether it be the digital revolution, whether it be the um, number of people influxed into the photography industry, whether it be, you know, a world pandemic, there's just, it feels as though for the last 10, 15 years, it has been one massive obstacle after another. And while that may seem negative, I am super excited because I believe our industry has needed a catalyst to drive creativity to new levels in such a significant way. And I believe that's what is happening. I believe this industry has been very similar for a long time. And there are so many new possibilities that are waiting to be discovered. And it's going to take people letting go of what was and being willing to embrace what is to come up with what wants to be. And I think that's super exciting times to be living in. And do you, that sounds so cool. And so my question would be, what is that? Like, is that specific for each person? Or do you think there are specific things within the industry that people need to be aware of? As far as like, what wants to happen, is that what yeah, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, because I mean, you know, like, should we all be on TikTok then? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that if you look through history, you'll find that the people that turned industries upside down were the people who were not going with mainstream. They were going with things that no, didn't make a lot of sense, but they just believe strongly it's what needed to happen. And... That's the power of what I think wants to happen. And it, 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 I don't think it will be a mainstream thing for a while. I think it could become mainstream. But as people really learn to get out of being a machine and get into following their heart, I believe that new possibilities are endless. And we haven't an idea yet of what's to come if people will really start to do that. So start to think about what they either they want or what they um, really teach, take time to learn and see what's uh, coming in in the world for their business. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And honestly, it starts with it starts with the mindset. It starts with the condition of the heart. My heart is either filled with scarcity and anxiety and fear and doubt and overwhelm and panic 
And out of that, I'm going to be a hamster on a wheel going with grabbing at everything that's going on in mainstream, just trying to make something happen. Or I'm living out a place of peace and love and joy and hope and abundance. And in that place, I'm hearing, I'm hearing one step at a time, the directions and the possibilities and the resources I'm seeing them in ways I can't see them when my head is down and I'm just dodging forward, trying to just get through another day. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Well, and what it makes me think of a little bit when I listen to this is like, I always, I'm starting to learn how to fear change, which is not a normal thing for me, not a normal state. And it, cause it feels like a lot of change is getting replaced by technology and in, and in some sense, like really cheap technology, you know? So you look at industries that are getting wiped out because, you know, like they can automate it and stuff like that. And so that, that kind of worries me a little bit, but what, but what you have, your solution to that is like when you're living from what's in your heart, then no machine can ever replace that. Exactly. Okay. Good, good. See, look, I already, I already got a tip. I'm, I'm, I'm set. <laughs> I'll just, We're done. I'm going to circle that on my notebook like three times and uh, I'm good. You guys can continue to talk. I'm out of, I'm out of here. So. Okay. So let me, let me ask you kind of a follow-up question. Um, what do you, you know, what do you hold true in the photography industry that you would like to kind of t- give somebody a tip or something like that in general? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into photography specific stuff. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you, what do you hold true about the industry? I believe this industry is about storytelling and it really is about telling stories and everyone wants their story to be told. And if I can connect the dots back, that's the gift. If I can learn to follow my heart and live in my story, I have an ability to hold a space, if you will, which is a a coaching term. So let me explain what I mean. I have an ability to see and um, capture another person's story. And so the willingness to really um, connect to for each person to connect and ground themselves, be grounded allows them to be grounded in the photography world in a way where the value that they create in the world cannot be replaced. There is billions of people that want their story told, whatever that is. If it's their wedding story, if it's their senior year story, if it's their family story, if it's their business story, the the amount of stories that are waiting to be captured And if people can really recognize the power of their story and offer themselves as a resource to capture story for their clients, there's no end to where that is needed and wanted. That's good. That's That's really good. good. I wrote that one down. So uh, now we both have a note. (laughs) (laughs) The shortest podcast ever, 11 minutes and 11 seconds. We're out of here. Uh, so Julia, I, we've talked about like deep words and things like that, but you are all about the numbers as well. And so mm-hmm. we have a question, um, that we, we ask often, um, that, uh, if you had a thousand dollars right now, um, and this is 
you giving advice, not actually, we're not actually giving you a thousand dollars, but if you had a thousand dollars right now as a photographer, what would you suggest photographers buy? That or spend the money. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides coaching, because I think obviously you feel like that's valuable <laughs> for you and other people. So we'll leave that I wasn't one off even the table. thinking that. <laughs> okay, well, we're good. Well, well, <laughs> because we do think that that's good, but yeah. And Julia, th- and Julia, this is the follow-up question. The follow-up question, and you may be able to go this way, like you, what would you suggest that they not spend that thousand dollars on as well? So you can kind of okay, go good. out it either way and back into the other one, however you want to do it. Well, I think honestly, what I would do if I had a thousand dollars as a photographer right now is I would put together a really, really special gathering, a really special dinner for my very top clients. And I would invite them into a very safe space to help me see myself through their eyes, to help me see what they scratch their heads, wonder why I'm not doing this or what they see me doing that they wish I would be doing more of or areas they see that I could be making a difference that I'm not even realizing. But a space of about eight people that we could just brainstorm together and I could really share the difference that I want to make in the world and appreciate them for how they've let me make that difference for them and then give them a space to help me know what I don't know I don't know about what is the difference I made for them? How could I make that difference in even bigger ways? And, you know, it's, it's powerful. I think our greatest resources are often sitting right in front of us and we just don't even have a clue. And what I would not spend that thousand dollars on Matt is another camera. <laughs> well, that's good. Not even the Canon R. Julia. Oh, no. <laughs> Ryan no. has this love affair with this new I camera. Have, I have me. a feeling that someone in your home might take that thousand dollars. We're not talking to him, are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, so moving on to our next question. So we're we can this can be photo related or not. But what is uh, what comes to mind when uh, we ask the question? What's some of the best advice you've ever received? Hmm. Some of the best advice I've ever received is um, just a general idea that everything that I've ever that's that's needed in my life, everything that's needed in my career, everything that's needed to be the wife that I want to be and the mother that I want to be, it's it's already available. It's it's right here. It's in my life. It's waiting for me. There's never been a time in my life when I was really present and I didn't open my heart up to recognize, okay, I have a need and, and here's the need, that that need hasn't been met. But my history, I've often gone to scarcity and often felt that there wasn't enough for me or there was, wasn't what I needed available or I wasn't enough. I didn't have what it took to run a successful business or I didn't have what it took to take great pictures. But when I can let myself sit in the possibility that everything I need to live my life fully alive is sitting right in front of me, if I'll just open my heart up to it and let the need be known, it's, it's an abundant life. It's an abundant career. It's an abundant gift that I get to be in the world. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. That, really, really I, good. I, I really like that. And I, I really would... I mean, it makes me think a lot about like what 
I don't, I, this is going to be super deep, but what causes some people to, you know, take a situation and go to the scarcity side versus go to the abundance side. And I don't know if it's society that teaches us that or what it is. And it's probably different for every person in every situation. But, um, cause I think I have that argument with my wife a lot. You know, I feel like when I'm, when I'm trying to help her, it just feels like everything's available, but then turn around and I'm trying to help myself. And it just feels like, you know, I don't, there's not enough at any given moment. So it's just, I don't know. That's just, I love, I love that advice. I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about that for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, to to be with your question, Matt, my experience is that it is, um, it's given and it's chosen. It's a combination of whether I choose scarcity or abundance, it's a combination of given and chosen because our core beliefs are developed between conception and two. And whether there's enough in this world for me is developed in that stage. So, and that can be a thousand different things. That can be if you were an unexpected pregnancy to your parents, they may not have been excited to find that you were on your way. That's core beliefs get developed out of that. Um, if you were uh, born premature and get put into, you know, um, the NICU, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is, there's when there's a certain amount of nurture and love that every baby from in vitro to uh, two years old, that's needed. And when that's given, then there is a sense of security that there is enough for this in this world for you. When that's not given for whatever reason, even if the parents just had no control over what happened, there is a sense that there's not enough because there wasn't enough nurturing. There wasn't enough love. There wasn't enough of the sense of security that's designed to be developed into a child. And so whether or not you received it or didn't receive it in that stage, you then go grow into the responsibility to choose it. And that's really been a big part of my healing journey and my growth of moving from deficit to profit in every area of my life has been learning to choose abundance, learning to retrain my thinking, rewire the beliefs within me that want to tell me there's not enough into recognizing there is enough. And the more I retrain those thought processes and those neural pathways that were developed when I was a baby, the more abundant my life is. Did that make sense? No, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you have also rewritten our tagline from from deficit to profit, choose abundance. <laughs> <laughs> We're choosing abundance. You know what's funny is I wanted my word of the year to be abundance this year, but it just made me think of like buns. And so I, I just see like buns and it could be like donut type buns or people buns, but too many buns. I was like, I don't want that. So I chose good things as my word of the year. I was just like, let's just dumb this down. Way dumb. <laughs> anyway, we're going to choose good things, not abundance. Too many buns. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what is a, one of your personal habits that you think contributes to your success? Mm. Um, it's waking up every morning and, um, making space for my heart. For me, that's a very specific process that I do, um, that started years ago in the midst of my, um, you know, moving from deficit to profit in my own life. And it was an experience that I had with God. And he just invited me to ask him to be the first thing on my mind when I woke up the next morning. 
and then to, from there to ask him how he wanted to spend time with me. And so that's a very consistent daily habit of asking him how he wants to spend time with me. And he often just invites me to get honest with myself, get honest with my heart, get honest about what's there. And um, it allows me to get grounded to start my day. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so much of a good day is what you do in the morning, what you spend your time with. Matt, yep. do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep going. I mean, I'm curious. I, I do want to ask Julia about the our book question and then also the craziest shoot one. But yeah. if there's anything you want to add, go ahead. No, no, let's start. Let's go with the book, Julia. So typically, we ask people for like internet resources or books that they would recommend. Do you have anything you would want to share? Yeah, it's outside of the industry, but it would be Byron yeah. Katie loving what is. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Because I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. So um, it's Byron Katie's journey of her um, moving from deficit to profit in her own life. And she has quite an extreme story. Um, And ultimately, she began to realize that she was resisting reality. She was living in the shoulds of life. I should have more money than I have. My business should be more successful. I should have a child who respects is more respectful. And, and in reality, hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fighting with reality. That's arguing with reality. And when she began to learn to love what is, this is the amount of money I have. This is where my business is. This is where my child's at. And she stopped arguing with reality. She began to, began to accept what is and begin to take res- personal responsibility for what she needed to be in that, what she needed to do in that. And it's really a powerful journey of learning how to investigate our own thoughts um, because our thoughts create our reality. And if we don't investigate them, then often the reality we have is not at all the reality we'd like to, we want. Yeah. And that makes me think about the whole like negative talk with yourself. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm sure you deal with some of that in your coaching and the, um, and the fact that like, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of people in the world, and I even do this sometimes, that just they just beat themselves up all day long. You know, do you have yeah. any advice for somebody that's, that does that? Yeah, I really think it comes out of that scarcity versus abundance. Um, because when I'm seeing the world from all those negative emotions, I see myself in the same way. That's actually how it starts. It starts by me seeing myself in it from a negative perspective. And then I see everything else from a negative perspective. So, um, you know, my encouragement is to just consider, is your language creating a deficit in your life or is it creating profit in your life? And you get to choose just like you change your habits in your business to create profit. You change your habits in your language and in the way you talk to yourself into profit. Yeah, that's good. That, that was, that's interesting because when I was listening to you talk earlier, uh, Julia, I thought, she takes a lot, like some people, when we ask questions, answer immediately. They're just like, boom, and they go. But you take time to think through and uh, choose your words carefully. And I've heard you like change your words a couple of times because I think you want to be very specific about what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's so good. And what's interesting is I'm thinking I've spent a lot of time with my family lately and I'm thinking, what words am I saying to them? Like, mm-hmm. I wonder what I'm creating, you know, speaking of the, the, the child who's disrespectful, like, what mm-hmm. am I saying? What words am I saying um, yeah. that are creating those things? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you want to know what I've observed about disrespect, Kaya, but. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You can tell our listeners, but now I'll be held accountable. Um, My experience with kit with children or adults alike, that when we feel disrespected by someone in our life, it's usually a mirror of the disrespect we're offering them. And if I feel disrespected, if I can look and see how am I disrespecting them, then it can be a powerful investigation with that person and beautiful things can open up out of it. Mm, yeah, that's good. <sighs> okay. Um. All right. All right. Can, can, can I, can I change the subject and, yes, and lighten yes. it up a little bit? Yes, yeah. Sure. So th- 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 this has been great, but because you were in the industry for as long as you were, we always ask this question and it's, it's, it's a pretty fun one. What is the craziest session um, or photo shoot that you've had? Cause we'd love to know the story behind oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever publicly expressed, shared this. So, um, I, we were doing probably the most elite wedding we've ever done. And it was at, um, I don't even remember what the, it was one of the fanciest hotels in Chicago. And just to give you an example, this bride had spent $10,000 just on her veil. Um, it had this just incredible amount of Shirovsky crystals, whatever, all, it was a cathedral length veil and at least a two inch border of these crystals hand sewn all the way around the veil. So pretty big deal. (laughs) And she had made a significant request that day for a special photograph of the veil. So I'd been thinking all day, how am I going to make this thing really special? And so at the reception, she had, um, this beautiful, um, acrylic table that had floating candles. And so I'm in my mind, I'm like, oh gosh, that's the perfect spot for the veil. And you probably already know where this story is going. Water and fire are both making (laughs) So I she took the veil off at the reception and you know we were nearing the end and I I just said, you know, I'm gonna photograph your first dance and I'm gonna go out and spend some time with your veil and Jeff's gonna, you know, keep, keep photographing the dancing. So everybody kind of knew what I was doing. And, um, all of a sudden I'm seeing how cool this photograph looks. And I'm like, it's almost like there's some fog machine in the background (laughs) to (laughs) find out that it was smoke coming up from, um, while most of the table was solid acrylic on the top, there were a few open spots and this big, long cathedral veil that I thought I had one, I didn't know there was an opening. And two, I thought I had fully, you know, was being so careful with it. It had slipped over top of a candle. And a hole, a big hole, several holes were being burned in the layers of the thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I don't want to throw up when I think about it now. But I go in and I'm just like as wide as a ghost. Jeff sees me walking across the room. He's like, what in the world? I'm like, the worst thing that ever could have happened just happened. And I told him, and he's like, what are you going to do? So I go to the mom. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I go to the mom of the bride and I'm like, I don't even know how to tell you what just happened, but this is what happened. And what I'm believe, what I'm thinking is it's best to not tell her. And I'll talk to her after the honeymoon. And she said, I agree with you. And so for a week and a half, they go on this elaborate honeymoon, a week and a half, I am just 
distraught, but I keep choosing profit. I keep choosing to, to <laughs> keep my thoughts positive. And it was the most beautiful thing. I talked to the bride afterwards and I, I literally was in tears. I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to tell you what happened. This is what happened. She started laughing. And I said, can you tell me why you're laughing? And she goes, Julia, when I was a kid, my house burned on fire. My house got on fire. And I said, the only thing that could make my wedding better is if somehow something caught on fire. And she said, the very fact that my veil caught on fire, it is like, you don't even know how cool that is. And I, I like was ready to have her veil remade for her, whatever. She's like, don't worry about it. I cannot wait to show it to my kids and tell them this story. And so that is my craziest photographing story. That's a, that's a really good one. My my house also burned down when I was a little kid, but I did not have a veil that lit on fire. So, <laughs> I, I, but but uh, th- this is interesting. I did request for our wedding, and it didn't happen at the time of our wedding. They had like these centerpieces that were like tornado flames, and I was like, we should do those. That would be so cool. And I got vetoed. But I'm wondering <laughs> if I really wanted them secretly in my childhood. I was thinking about the fire. So yes, yes. So she was very gracious, and um, yeah. It was cool because every time I'd do my heart work that day, I'd I'd have peace, but I'd lose it in the day and then I'd come back to it. And then once I talked to her, I'm like, wow, there was more than enough grace for me to walk through that. That's a really fantastic example of us just not knowing what's what's on the other side. You know, where we, our perspective is one thing and the, you know, someone else's perspective is completely different and we'll look at something, could look at something completely differently. Um, so Julia, I think, uh, that was a fantastic, crazy shoot. (laughs) Very, very good story. Um, we will put uh, a link in the show notes to um, how to contact you, but uh, we're we're wrapping up. So will you tell our listeners how to contact you? We'll link it. And then also um, just end with whatever parting piece of guidance you would want to give our listeners as well. All right. So yeah, you can reach out to me at hello at beautifuloutcome.com. Um, you can also direct message me on Instagram, which is beautiful underscore outcome. Either of those are great ways to reach out to me. And um, I'd love to talk to you if you want to create profit in your life. So parting words would be, you know, you are a gift. And you are here for a purpose. It's not by chance. What you do is not by chance. The difference that you are designed to make in people's life is beyond what you can imagine. And so would you love yourself enough to see the power and the gift that you are and choose it, regardless of whether you received it? Would you choose it? That's good. Julia, you always have so much courage to say the hard things. So um, we just really appreciate you coming on and sharing with our audience. I um, am confident that you have uh, created profit in people's lives today. So thank you for coming on today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. 
Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.